0: hello and welcome to episode two of the next steps podcast from citywide baptist church where we wrestle with what it actually means to take next steps in the journey of faith i'm matt henderson i'm one of the elders at citywide baptist church and today i'm joined by senior pastor matt garvin pastor paul dare and mitch Simmons, one of our youth leaders we're here because of god's grace it's through that grace that we acknowledge the first nations peoples on whose land we meet. We acknowledge their care for country land, oceans, and waters. We acknowledge elders past, present, and future. We acknowledge past injustices. We acknowledge the need through Jesus and with Jesus to work towards conciliation. Uh, Matt, Tell us about what we talked about yesterday.
1: Well, uh, it wasn't necessarily what I was planning to talk about yesterday, uh, but we have a bit of a process. I was going to say,
0: tell us about that as well.
1: (laughs) We we did. I I like it. We have a bit of a process called. uh, uh, I think we call our teaching team meeting normally on a Thursday. Arvo. Uh, Last week it was on a Wednesday morning. Because I was going to be away Thursday. And I caught up with two of you blokes, Matt and Paul. And um and and, and our sense there was uh, I was trying to cram too much into what I was gonna say. And uh and even as I came to uh yesterday morning, I felt like I was still trying to cram too much into what I was gonna say. So half the sermon notes I didn't actually refer to. Uh on on the morning uh there's, there's this s- strong sense for me uh that uh we have to find a way uh to help people actually follow jesus and to help them know what that actually means uh and so uh it was paul who mentioned the later as we were the uh, talking last week and i lived with that uh, that but part of uh, the letter that Jesus word to the church in later see in the book of revelation. And I just, and it was heavy. It's, it's a heavy thing to talk about, but this, this sense that whenever the church has been at its best, it hasn't needed evangelism programs because people's lives are different mm. because they love Jesus so much. And, uh, I think that a, a good case, a solid case could be built that, uh, that isn't the case generally with the Christian church in Hobart or in the Western world that people aren't always looking at the people who turn up on Sunday morning going, wow, you guys are hopeful. I, I, I want what you've got. Now that's not completely the case. There, there are a whole lot of people who love Jesus and doing amazing stuff and who where you, you meet them and you just see Jesus coming out of them. But, but generally speaking, I think we may have had the wrong end of the stick uh, a guy called Dallas willard said uh that the early church and when, whenever the church has been on its best it's focused on discipleship and conversion has come as a result of that but sort of the the modern church is focused on conversion uh and kind of let discipleship just come theoretically it will come as a result of that uh and it's like i was talking I was talking about this last week that uh a lot of our mates in the in other churches are also realizing we've got a bit of a discipleship crisis and so uh on sunday i started by uh talking about uh the uh the three levels of calling and i chucked up a triangle now i don't actually know if i have permission in this podcast and on this zoom uh no it says i don't uh you have to let me do that uh to chuck that triangle up um but i know a lot of people listen to this rather than watch it anyway so that that's not particularly helpful to have a visual aid uh but it is a um, you can now can i okay well I, I might i'll chuck it up for those who are watching on uh on video uh and it's just this very simple triangle if you imagine a triangle divided into three uh and it's saying that for all followers of jesus there are three levels of calling and i And I've been conscious that in our church, we've been talking a lot about calling. And I think you can infer from the way we talk about it, that it's mainly about what you do with your time. Um, And that is probably what uh, is the third level of calling, but that assumes the previous two. That assumes initially that you have a relationship with Jesus. And then it assumes uh, that you are living the jesus way or living with jesus as your lord like where jesus is actually in charge of your life uh and like jesus actually spells out a whole radical way of life things like loving your enemies and a whole bunch of other things that are a little challenging uh and then from that he calls us into specific spheres of influence but we really can't live out our calling unless the other two are in place and there is this real danger we talk a lot about calling without uh focusing on uh first of all having a relationship with jesus but second then living our lives under his authority actually allowing him to be in charge of our lives and and living on the basis of his teaching i mean he he seems to say it over and over again they say look if you want to know if what i'm saying is true do what i say he says, if you if you love me, you'll obey my teaching. Uh, but I, I think often we want to jump to the sort of more interesting bits about, you know, Jesus, what should I be doing with my life? And I think often maybe what he's saying is, well, maybe you start by just listening to me and doing some of the stuff I talk about. Then we can talk about the specifics. I, I mean, that's kind of the background. I don't know if we want to bounce off that before we get into some of the other stuff I was talking about.
0: Yeah, you, you, you made this... Um comment yesterday about um yeah trying w- when we try to to go straight to that personal calling without working on the other two that it's kind of like building uh you used the word what was it like building a, a castle in the sand or something or in the sky there's something with no foundation yeah. yeah and i was just wondering um mitch for a very for a young person how does that hit you
2: um yeah it's look it's it's really it's interesting actually because I think most people my age are looking for that purpose are looking for yes I may be going to church but what does that actually mean for me and what do I actually need to do um and yeah I think most people will be looking oh does that mean that I have to help out with something do I have to do this do I have to do that is that my calling I don't know and I think some yeah I think at least some young people especially just are missing as you're saying maybe the second step maybe I don't know but um yeah, I think it's it's really interesting, yeah. Paul,
0: did, did you have any thoughts on that?
3: Um, I think Mitch nailed it on the head, and I think it is for most people in the church. We We get the conversion, mm. and then we sort of go straight to try and do the calling, and we just miss that how to live with Jesus, how to live a relationship with Jesus, and what does that relationship actually mean? And I think that's probably... Probably that, and the other one that's been on my mind, um, I might be getting a bit ahead of it, is why? Why do we have that relationship with Jesus? You know, The why, why should we do it? You know, like, I uh, I know the Bible says, you know, like, we should do it because we love Jesus. But in some ways, it's a bit of a circular argument if you don't understand the reasons behind it. And I think, I've been reflecting on it a bit lately, I actually just think we don't articulate well enough what it means to actually have a relationship with Jesus in the the fact that we say we have a hope in Jesus, but what does that actually mean to everybody? And I don't just, I just don't think we articulate it well enough. And and that's probably where I wanted to get to this morning. I just really want to hear everybody's opinions. because I have my own thoughts on this, but I just wanted to, if someone asks you, "What is your hope within Jesus? What's your hope with your relationship with Jesus?" You know, the reason you're living that life that Matt, Matt talked about, the reason you're living a life that actually um, looks different. What is your hope? Why are you doing it? And I just, I'm just intrigued about what your responses are, because I don't think it's, a, I don't think it's a question we challenge enough on, because people say it for because that's
0: what they're told, but I don't know
1: whether they understand it. Mm. Yeah. Matt? Um, I I think for me, there's a few levels to it, but it's really at the heart of what I was reaching for on Sunday. Uh, Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and the life. That that at the heart of it, the closer I get to Jesus, the freer I am. The, like mm. Jesus, like uh, C.S. Lewis said, the more I let Jesus take me over, the tr- more truly myself I become. I know when I'm not being myself. Deep in, in me, I, I, I really resonate. There's a quote from uh, Martin Luther King, which I only briefly referenced. But he says, inside every person is a civil war. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll read you the, the full quote because uh, I didn't get a chance to do it on Sunday and I wanted to. <laughs> and in every one of us there's a war going on it's a civil war I don't care who you are I don't care where you live there is a civil war going on in your life and every time you set out to be good there's something pulling you telling you to be evil Mm. it's going on in your life every time you set out to love something keeps pulling on you trying to get you to hate every time you set out to be kind and say nice things about people something is pulling on you to be jealous and envious and spread evil gossip about them there's a civil war going on there's a schizophrenia as a psychologist or the psychiatrist would call it going on within all of us and there are times that all of us know somehow that there is a mr hyde and a dr jekyll in us there is a tension at the heart of human nature And whenever we set out to dream our dreams and build our temples, we must be honest enough to recognize it. I I think that's the lived reality everybody experiences. And Jesus comes, as the Bible says, as a plumb line, a cornerstone, an external um, point of reference outside my internal battle Hmm. that I can then get my bearings from uh, otherwise if i'm just left to my own devices i end up looking like everybody else living a life minimizing pain and maximizing pleasure there is a and i get stuck and, yeah. and so so jesus is this external reference point calling me out because there's, and there's another guy i respect a guy called and Edson, who said the line between good and evil isn't between people and if you which is something if you watch social media at the moment uh, it looks like there is a, everybody thinks there is an enemy uh it, it depend who's who you are it depend who they are but there's always there's um secret people pulling strings behind governments or there's you know black lives matter people or there's you know right wing fundamental whatever everybody's got an enemy and what solonitsyn says what mlk is saying there is no nah, the enemy's in us Solzhenitsyn says that the line between good and evil isn't between people it's in the human heart and so we need and this is why um, God's God comes himself in the flesh of Jesus and says here I am we I know you can't do this yourself you don't have what it takes in yourself let me come and do the work of grace, but also point out a different way of life that will not be intuitive to you because uh, there's at least one part of you that doesn't want my way of life, the part that the Bible calls the flesh. And so that's kind of what I was started by talking. Paul put me on to the later scenes and saying, look, you guys, you're living a pale grey life. You're not good enough to be good or brave enough to be bad. Uh, you are living in these two, between these two halves. And so for me, uh, as I, for me, I would love to say that I am just so deeply in love with Jesus and that everything just works in my life. And, I'm, I'm, and, and I, I, that just wouldn't be true. What is true, though, is I'm a bit more mature than I was and I, I do love jesus a bit more than i did and i'm a bit freer than i was and i, I think that that's the journey jesus calls us to the journey of discipleship what the bible calls maturity being less defined by what the bible calls the world or the external forces and being more defined by jesus and as you hang out with him you discover yourself becoming freer you discover yourself becoming more you uh and i you know this is the kind of yeah. stuff we'll be chat, chatting about for a while to come
0: it, it really brings to my mind what the apostle paul writes where he talks about you know the stuff i want to do i don't do and the stuff i don't want to do i keep doing it and i know myself like i can really relate to what matt's saying because like um i, I feel it like the closer i draw to jesus the the more i like myself like the more i like the bloke the kind of bloke i am if that makes sense whereas you know there are all kinds of things about all of us that are broken and and like Matt said there's there's a part of us that that likes it that way we we there's a part of us that doesn't want to be on the right track we we wanted we we like being broken we like being dark you know and and that's that that whole thing of that civil war going on it's very true. Um, and, and again, like I mentioned to throw to you for, for your perspective, like, uh, I don't know whether, how, how that sounds to you.
2: Yeah. Well, I feel like that's just something I've certainly struggled with and I can imagine lots of other people have struggled with as well. And I just, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough in a way because I always feel like I personally have that thing of, I know when I'm at my best and that's when I'm following Jesus and I'm you know trying to do my best to you know please him and be with him however there's obviously the earthly things that all well, just such things as you know uni that i'm doing at the moment or you know obviously your classic you know phone technology and stuff like that as well that i know is not great to spend my time on but yet i find it fun and i like doing it <laughs> yeah. so it's it's really trying to you know i guess discipline myself in a way um and yeah, I think lots of other people struggle with, you know, fine addiction and stuff like that as well. So hmm.
0: and, and that was something that, that Matt talked about on Sunday was this this whole notion of how distracted we are as a society. And if we think us as Christians are any different, we're kidding ourselves. Like we're we're just hmm. a, a a this this group of distracted people who are sort of half doing all kinds of things.
1: Yeah, yeah, I actually was going to talk more about that. It was one of the things that I had to ditch for the sake of time and just to focus in on this other stuff. But, but yeah, that uh, I uh, I find it interesting. It's really challenging for uh, a, a lot of people who, um, and, and even for me as I started out my journey with faith, just that, that I had a picture of what it meant to follow Jesus. Uh, and... Uh, and Jesus himself says that the number one thing that's going to hold his followers back is that they'll be just distracted by the worries of this world and the deceitfulness of wealth. That's the stuff that will hold Christians back from living in the kingdom. Uh, and and uh, uh, this whole question of what are you focusing on? Uh, and so it, it's, it's real and that there's part of me that keeps wanting to take my focus away from Jesus. There's another part that doesn't. But, th- but that, that civil war is, I think this is where often I, 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 we in the church can get it wrong, where we can pretend that, that somehow that civil war isn't real, and if you're a real Christian, you won't have that civil war. Like mm-hmm. that somehow you should have it all together, uh, and that following Jesus means the civil war goes away and, and you'll always do the right thing, which we all know is crap. I mean, again, sorry, I shouldn't use that word in a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it gets me it gets me going because because I the whole point of God coming to Earth in the person of Jesus was that we can't do it on our own we need grace and so that's you know I'll, I'll stop rabbiting on but
0: uh, how do we get to a sort of I'll just throw this open to everyone how how do we get ourselves to the point where we can be the kind of community where we can actually own up to this stuff. I mean, first of all, obviously, to God, own up to these things that distract us, that hold us back, but also be able to own up to each other and actually be able to talk about this stuff. How do we get to the point where that becomes something that actually happens as a matter of course?
1: Paul, Chuck, to you first.
3: (laughs) Um, How do we get to that point? Thank you so much for passing me this. I've actually been challenged a bit by what Mitch said a couple of weeks ago on this subject. Um, and I know like some days, this is how I think I, I need to do it better. I don't know whether this applies to everybody. So some days when I go to church, I'm not in the best mental state, I'll be honest. And so I just want to be by myself. Um, but then people start talking to me and I find, oh, really, you're talking to me? But then, then it becomes a choice. It always becomes a choice. And that's what I think this, this battle is, is a choice. And so I can either engage or disengage mm. and I normally engage and always find it so much better after the engagement. So, you know, like, it's almost like the Holy Spirit's saying to me, saying to somebody, whether they know it or not, They sit next to Paul cause he needs to talk and <laughs> and it forces me to talk, which is, which is quite good. And, you know, listen and all those things. And but what's been challenging me lately, you know, we're talking about how we get to a real community where we see each other more is I've been challenged to go and sit it in random groups. I haven't done it yet, but the Holy Spirit's been challenged me to go and sit in random table groups that I know nobody at just, just so we can get to know each other, just so I can mm-hmm. see how God's moving in their life and hopefully how God's moving in my life, you know, vice versa. And I think, I think that's the real challenge, is especially for the older—not older—that's probably the mature Christians amongst us. Is we need to actually take the steps to mingle and show the, the less mature Christians exactly what it means to be like God. Yeah. I don't think we—I don't think we're doing that as a church. And until we do that as a church. How can we expect others to actually do it within the church? You know, if the older Christians can't, more mature Christians can't actually mingle and show God in amongst our own little community, I just think we will continually struggle to show others how, you know, what it means to be free and following Christ. And they, they, they see the sample, example from afar, but they don't get to experience. And I think that's part of the deal.
0: Mm-hmm. I
3: hope that helps.
0: Mm-hmm i'm also conscious mitchell mitchell used an interesting word a few minutes ago he talked about discipline and um i i two weeks ago we 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 talked about we talked about submission Uh, and uh much like submission discipline is not a fashionable thing particularly not in western culture and um matt i just wonder if you wanted to tease that out a bit you about spiritual discipline
1: absolutely well, it's again this was stuff i was going to talk about on sunday but really we'll be talking about for the foreseeable future i feel like i said i, I felt like we were, i knew what i was going to be speaking about for the rest of the year but it's sort of gone out the window a bit and we're, we're heading down this territory and i um I, I think we have created a brand of christianity where we expect to feel good about it when God's turning up and we're doing the right thing, but the the, the picture of Christianity we get in the Bible is a, a picture of people uh, growing up and facing stuff. And that, I find it interesting. One of the fruits of the spirit is patience. I patience will never feel good by definition. Like it's the opposite of feeling good. It's choosing to do what you don't want to do. Uh, and I I was going to uh talk about hebrews 12 where it says no discipline seems pleasant at the time but painful later on however this is hebrews twelve eleven, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it therefore strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled but rather healed what it is saying there uh is that uh, there, are, there is painful work to do, which in your example, Paul is actually the choice to go and talk to someone you don't want to do, or, but there's lots of little painful things to do that help you become mature. There's it's, it's what the Bible calls discipline, spiritual disciplines. Um, and, uh, I really resonate and I'll, and I'll use this quote. I, I was going to use this quote on Sunday, but didn't get a chance to Richard Foster. He says, superficiality is the curse of our age. Mm the doctrine of instant satisfaction is a primary spiritual problem. The desperate need today is not for a greater number of intelligent people or gifted people, but for deep people. Mm. The, The classical disciplines, he says, of the spiritual life call us to move beyond surface living into the depths. They invite us to explore the inner caverns of the spiritual realm. They urge us to be the answer to a hollow world. And, and I, I think that's the that's the, the goal right there. That's the territory that I was reaching for in, in the whole, in both parts of the message yesterday. That I just I feel like this world is desperate for hope and desperate for people who have hope. And and there is this connection between uh, having hope and and making the 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 difficult choices to discipline that part of you that doesn't have hope and to recognize that that part of you that doesn't have hope, it will always be there, but it's a, it's a choice. It it is a choice to face both sides of you and be honest with you, be be honest. And, and there are just parts of the Bible. We, we conveniently ignore where, where James says confess your sins to each other so that you will be healed. Um, There is no, concept in the bible that it's possible to confess your sins other than to another person that word means conf- confession to another person we just in the protestant church make it a bit because we're a bit worried about the catholics we make it a bit more convenient to confess our sins to god because it's so there's, there's, there are all these things that we know the bible says that we choose to ignore yeah. uh and, and it's facing some of that stuff i think that builds in it's the painful work that hebrews talks about that helps us take charge of the civil war martin luther king's civil war he talks about inside each of us and and this is the this is the journey we're all on what what does it mean to grow up as the bible talks about in your salvation it means learning to be honest about the civil war Uh, and also not being dumb like i don't think he's saying confess your sins to everybody or tell everybody all the mess and lots of stuff but you do need a few mates you need people who know you well enough to love you when you're full of it uh, and remind you what you are when you're beautiful you know that sort of stuff so i'll again I, you can see i get passionate about this stuff so i'll need to stop rabbiting on
0: it's very but it's a very counter i would say it's a very counter-cultural message uh it was it was in 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 Jesus' time, and I think it still is today—a very countercultural message. Uh, Mitch, like, how do you react to that?
2: I honestly really love it. <laughs> I love that whole idea, and I think that's—I think you're just talking about your kingdom cells as well, aren't you, Matt? Yeah. I am. Just, yeah. Just having that group of people that are willing to, you know, listen to what you've got and offer advice, and I think accountability is a huge one as well. Um. Mm. especially when it comes to this, you know things like such, you know phone addiction that we were talking about before and all that sort of stuff but i think that is something that i think a lot of people in society just in general don't have they don't have people that are willing to listen or care about them or give them time and i think that's such a strength of being a christian is that we're meant to do that we're meant to be there for people we're meant to you know want the best for them and um yes you can't be there for absolutely everyone but i think it's it's really good to look out for some of the people that are close to you and if they approach you then you know stop and listen
0: so so we use that mitch used that term kingdom cell just for the benefit of anyone listening who doesn't know what that is can, can, we, can you just explain that matt
1: yeah well uh i can point you to the book i wrote six radical decisions but but basically it's the idea that we all need two kinds of fellowship uh we need a level this kingdom cell for me best describes a group of people who are at a similar stage and called in a similar kind of way to you who can identify and understand your world it's, it's usually a small group of between you know three and six maybe that sort of territory uh where you can when you're like when when business people are talking business, they need to talk business with other business people to understand what a balance sheet is, you know, and understand what discipleship looks like in the context of business. Or when artists are talking, it's it's this completely different language to business and they need to talk to other artists. So you need people who are in a similar kind of world. um, And then you you also need, this is why my argument is you also need the church. You need people who aren't in that world who annoy you who remind you that uh there are people who aren't called in the same way you are but that somehow the the life of the church the the old and young rich and poor black and white held together by a flat-out miracle of the holy spirit that when that mob work well together as a family uh that's a miracle and that actually speaks jesus says by this will all my know that you're my disciples by your love for each other Mm. if you only have the kingdom sell people aren't going to think that's particularly remarkable. because He's hanging out with people who are a bit like you. And, and I think we need that and we, we really need it. But we also then need this other fellowship with people who aren't like you. And that's where we come together around the cross with communion and remember that Jesus is the centre of the universe and we're not. And also our mission isn't, our calling isn't. Uh, because that's the, the other danger if you hang out with people who are called in a similar way to you or think in a similar way to you. Your world can easily become an idol uh, mm. because because it, it's, it becomes the focus of the discussion all the time. So that's again the yeah. the, the short version of a a, a longer discussion of, that I sort of unpack in my the book, the six radical decisions.
0: And, and I will say, I mean that that whole concept of the the, the kingdom cell idea, it, it really works. I mean, uh, I I've been in one for most of this year and. um, yeah, it has been brilliant and i mean um i was only commenting go, my group meets on a monday and i was only commenting today that you know i'd missed i'd missed the last couple and um gee i missed it you know it, mm. it it's it it's it, um my we, my whole week felt off kilter because i hadn't had that time of real fellowship with with these guys who i've gotten to know having breakfast with them every monday um yeah, we have to we have to do community together as a church. Paul, mm. as a, as a pastor of a of a small country church, tell us about the importance of community for you guys.
3: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I've just been challenged. Um, so, community for us has two meanings. There's there's a rural farming community, so there's the farmer group, for one of a better term, Then there's the I suppose the you know the Tree hugging generation, one of one of the terms you know what they call them. Tree change—that's the word, not tree hugging. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, so the tree ha- tree change people as well, and it's just there's two disparate groups, and it's just really I just see it to bring those together. That's the goal, and so that's the aim of the community. They both so desperately desperately want to move out of that their own circles. Um, but they just don't know how to, which is, and that's mm. the, I suppose that's the goal of the, the church up here is to actually somehow provide that connection where disparate people can get together and actually have an okay time. You mm. know, and, and and it comes back to the reason why, you know, why are we doing it? And it's because because we love Jesus and we just, <laughs> and, we, and, and as Matt said before, you get freer, the more you know him, the free you become. And you just want others to actually experience that as well.
0: Mm.
3: Mm. So it's a bit like that. But one thing I, I will um was interesting you're talking about home groups and um or kingdom cells. And I actually was thinking about it before, like the last kingdom cell I was in, we were all pretty similar in mm. what we do and how we think. And and because of that, it's good and it's bad. Mm. I find find it's good because you get that deep fellowship you need. But I find it's bad because then you really struggle to, when we go to church, to break outside Mm. of those bonds Mm. and become a complete committee. And I actually think that's the challenge, isn't it? Like, Mm. King Charles is great, but if they become the be-all and end-all and they become a bit of an idol in some ways, when you get to church, you just can't, you can't, integrate i don't know you just go to the safety of that kingdom cell, and it's a real challenge
0: yeah i I think there is a real there you're, you're right there is a real challenge and i mean look at it like ideally you want to have different levels of community or different different kinds of community i mean you want to have a kingdom cell you want to have a life group and that's different to a kingdom cell and then you want to have perhaps minister, people who you do ministry with, people who you're on teams with. And then you, you have the broader church community. And they're all different. Um, they all ask different things of us. So. Yeah, but I um, don't
3: think, sorry. I'm I just sorry. I, go I, ahead. I actually don't think we do that. I think this is the thing. Like, I don't think we need all those layers. We put layers in our own mind, but I don't think we need those layers. I mean, I, and I'm guilty of this myself. Rather than actually ask a tough question when you see somebody at church, especially someone you know who follows God, you don't go to them, oh, how have you got on with God this week? You go, oh, how's the weather been? You know, like you actually deliberately avoid deep questions, but you and yourself crave that deep connection. And it's just bizarre that we do it. And I don't know why we do it, but we do it.
0: Mm. I remember one That's- Sunday, one Sunday, um- uh, Matt got people to ask each other why they came to church that day. Uh, that was really fascinating because I was having a bad day that day. So it was like the person I was paired up with said, why did you come to church today? And my answer was because I had to, I have a job to do <laughs> today, but it, it, yeah, we don't, we don't want to have those hard conversations sometimes when we, when we come together in community, we, we, we do like Matt said, we, we head towards the superficial because it's easier it's safer.
3: But but I think our language also affects it because you just said, we don't want to have a hard conversation, Mm. but it's actually not a hard, it's just a deep conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And I think our language does not help our ability to start those conversations because we go, Oh, this is going to be hard. When we actually (laughs) should say to ourselves, no, this is just going to be deep and Mm. there is a different mindset.
1: I think part of the challenge is uh, there's a practical reality when it comes to relationships and there are, there are different personality types yeah. and relationships do take a while to build trust. Uh, and so uh, I, I, I tend, there's a thing called an Enneagram, which is a way of measuring your personality. Uh, and apparently I'm the kind of personality who'll tend to just be a bit blunt sometimes, on top. told. Uh, and, and other people will be hurt um, but, they, but they actually, they, they were saying, I was talking to someone about it, they reckon that people who are eight on the Enneagram, for them, having a direct and blunt conversation is actually what intimacy looks like. But for others who are got a different personality, just sort of sitting quietly is actually what intimacy looks like, which doesn't make sense to me. It drives me nuts. Um, but but I, so I think part of that, this is the, the messy reality of a, an actual communities. You have different personality types, different backgrounds. And there are these social realities to do with how groups form that you have to, you have to be sensitive to whether you like it or not. Uh, all groups go through these different phases of, you know, whether the people have different labels for it, where forming norming storming performing whatever it is but but there are you you, it does take time to build the kind of relationship where you understand what I mean by my words and I understand what you mean by your words because initially I, I think that you mean by your words what I would mean if I was saying those words and you very rarely do and so this is the this is the challenge it it, it, community is fraught we can misunderstand each other so easily uh and and sometimes not so often the challenging community and relationship is misunderstanding sometimes it's just we're full of ourselves uh and so it's it's actually sin as well but it is it is I, i i agree with you paul i'd love us to be a bit more real i i can see there are de facto kingdom cells in our church where some of the older crew find it more comfortable to be together. Some of the younger crew find it more comfortable to be together. And we've got to find ways of breaking that down. Uh, but me just saying, okay, everybody, let's just be real. Uh, <laughs> let's let's break everything up. And you're not allowed to sit with someone you like anymore. Uh, I, I just don't think that, uh, that that's not going to work either. So it is this challenge we've got.
3: But yeah, I agree. It's not going to work, but this is where, this is where, you know, this series should be taking us to the point where you shouldn't have to say that. We mm. should just want to do it because God I has so. put it on our heart. Yeah.
0: No pressure, Matt.
3: <laughs>
0: no worries. So, Matt, as you went on with your, uh, with the sort of second part of your message mm. on Sunday, you, you kind of pointed to an anti, a bit of an antidote for, for this, um, this, this problem that you laid out. So, do you want to tell us about that?
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I quoted Jesus at the start of the first message saying, you are pale grey and I'm going to spit you out of my mouth, which is a little full on, to say the least. Uh, but uh, he, in that same bit, says, uh, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich. White clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see it's like he's saying come to me and let's talk let's deal with the three core issues the first issue the gold refining the fire is this kind of stuff we've been talking about that the the character where the 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 way that fire is the gold is refined it gets heated up and all the crap comes to the surface they scoop it off well this picture i'll write the way through the bible of character uh that making the right choices of becoming more and more like Jesus, that, that as we come to Jesus, he will help us become the characters we need to be, not to be run by the, the 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 bad side of the civil war. But then this picture of the white clothes, which is about grace, it's about salvation. And and fundamentally, this uh, the salve for our eyes, there's this theme right the way through the whole of scripture from uh, Genesis right through about that, that the bible's this question is what view of reality you're living from he's saying come to me to see reality he's saying and then he finishes by saying i'm standing at the door and knocking i want to i want to come in i want to do life with you and i i want relationship with you so please come to me please stop trying to work it all out yourself please stop playing your religious games let let me come into your life and let's do life together come to me to find life rather than coming to other places. Now there's a whole bunch of other stuff I talked about, uh, but that was the crux of it, that, that, that revelation verse. And that as we focus on Jesus, we find life as, as we come to him and, and, and respond to his knocking at the door, we find life. Uh, and I I, you know there's a whole lot of stuff I wanted to say but but that was what I ended up saying
0: it it reminds me very much that there used to be an ad that ran on tv back when I was a kid I'm gonna I'm gonna date myself now where um I think it was the members of DC talk and and they talked about um Chris that the Christian faith being a a freedom a freedom in Christ and what a wonderful thing that was And, and this is I think this is very much Jesus is pointing to this is how you get that freedom.
2: Hmm. You
0: know, um, I, I, again, Mitch, how does that, how does that land for you?
2: Yeah. That, that idea of freedom, hey, yeah. <laughs> because I think in our current society, freedom is, I want to go out drinking. I want to have sex. I want to do these things, which I guess in the Christian view is in God's view is just not a helpful thing um and so i think yeah i'll ask you guys a question i think so what does that mean what do you say to people that may come up to you and go i don't want to become a christian i don't want anything to do with it because i like my freedom say for instance like is there anything as christians that we can say or yeah
0: Mm. well i mean i I guess first off I, i i'd say a lot of the things that people think of like you were just saying a lot of the things that people think of when they think of freedom are things that don't lead to freedom mm. like they, they're they things that actually lead to consequences that that won't be freeing at all um so like that's that's one thing that i'd certainly point out um yeah a lot of a lot of the time what we sort of think of as oh this is this is freeing uh, it really isn't uh, I don't know whether the the, the pastors at in the call have um, something better to add. Jennifer <laughs> Paul.
3: Yeah, um, it is really interesting freedoms because you I think, like Matt said, it's more about you need to know what they mean by freedom. I think that's the mm. big thing and and actually, I think that's where if they're up for the challenge of of why, you know, I challenge them on why is that a freedom? What does it give you? And what, what's the end goal of that freedom? Mm. You know, like, um, and I think the other thing to remember is, though, like, a lot of people look at the Bible as uh, black and white, you know, like, it, but it says, don't be a drunkard. It doesn't say you can't drink. And it, there's, so it's not a, yeah, it's not a, it's not an end of the world, you know, doom and gloom, Puritan lifestyle type thing. You're still allowed to go out and enjoy yourself as a Christian. And you still have freedom to do that. It's just the extremes of what it is. And, and, and if you know, like one of these things, and this is easy in hindsight, it's always so easy in hindsight, is that after you've been a Christian for a while, you do understand that God has the best intentions for you, without a doubt, that Jesus wants the best for you. And that's why these things are put in place. And that's why. As you come to knowing more, you change what you do and how you do it. But actually, how to answer that question is, that is a really tough one, Mitch. It honestly is a really tough one. And there's, I think, unless you really know that person, you wouldn't even know which way to sort of even start that conversation, except for the basic ones, like what Matt said, you know, challenge them on, why is it a freedom? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I think for me, I, I would encourage them to see if you can have the discussion about the civil war for them. Uh, what I, and what I mean by that is everybody knows. Like, you, you, say, you say, do you want to talk about this or, or not? If you want to talk about it, let's talk about it. Uh, like, is it true that there's two sides to you? Like, is it, you know, if, if you're going to head down that path, does it? And look, there are, there, there are people who haven't yet had the life experience to know what happens when you head down that path, they haven't had enough hangovers and enough regrets and enough emotional damage from relationships that have. And and at one level, I mean, I don't know how much data you can they can hear at that point, but but I would encourage them to talk to anyone who's a few years older than them about where that path leads, and and that's fine. Like, and and also. So, I I, as much as possible want to help people hear both sides of them like I, I think this is the this is the great fallacy both in the Christian church but in the in the western world that there is a true you to be true to and you just want to do what you want to do but the truth is there's more than one you like and there is part of you that cares about people that doesn't want to just see girls as a means to have sex or that doesn't want to just get off your face and forget about what happens or there is a, there is, but, but it's all, but there is an, another side. So, and so, uh, and the danger is people will think of Christians as people who are goody, goody kind of, we have the same battles that, you know, we have, absolutely. The, 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 you know, and, and so many ministries are blown apart by people who don't know how to acknowledge the the two sides, uh, and 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 manage well the part that just wants to go and party, whatever that means for them. Um, so I, my my experience is that most mostly, uh, if, if the kind of Christianity that says you must not, you must not, you must not doesn't work, mm. um, but uh, if you can say to people, look, if you're free, go, go down that path. If you want, I'll be here. If you, if you, need, if you need someone to call, you, like when, at 3am when everything's falling apart and you're bursting into tears, cause you know, you're drunk and nobody loves you anymore. Uh, give us a call. I'll come and get you. I, I'll, I'll be here. Uh, I, I, I can tell you, I can tell you and feel free to talk to anyone who's been down that path about where that path leads. Um, but ultimately there are Jesus says there are there are two paths and and I I think we need to allow people and encourage people to test it Mm. feel free to try if you want to try going down the path you think leads to life I'll bet you it's not going to lead you to where you think it's going to lead you it's going to lead you to fragmentation sadness and pain but and and that path you think is too hard and doesn't lead to life yet well the bible also says it it is a narrow road and a lot of people it'll be too hard for um but it it is actually the place where that freedom you long for actually comes from now i don't know how easy it is to have that conversation with people uh but and and you want to be pretty good mates to be talking at that level but it's 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 the kind of conversation that happens best when you ask them questions rather than tell them your answers yes
0: yeah, and it like, I can say from my own experiences as well, like kind of to agree with what Matt was saying, like a lot of the time, you can you can really show this stuff more by doing rather than talking. And so like if you, if you have friends who you know, that they're, they're, they're living in, in ways that are really unhelpful to them and perhaps to people around them, one of the best things you can do is is um yeah be ready to give an answer if they if they ask but but the main thing is be be a, be a friend be loving be, be there for them hmm. you know show them a different way of being rather than telling them about it
1: hmm. and and when they point to us and say you're not living fully you you don't seem very joyful and you don't seem to be putting this stuff into practice. <laughs> I think we've got to take that stuff on board. Absolutely. Sometimes we're not. Sometimes sometimes we are living out of guilt rather than the, than the life that Jesus calls us to. And so, and so, and, and, and I'm hoping, yeah, it, it's a great question. It's really the heart of this question where Jesus, I think Jesus invites us to reality test him. He, he's saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Try Mm it. See, he actually says, uh, those who do my will will know whether I say comes, what I say comes from God or not. He's he's saying you're probably not going to get there by an intellectual argument, but you can try it. And if you try it, you'll discover it's true. This is what he's saying. Again, I've got to keep, you can see I get worked up with this stuff. I get excited and then I I talk too much. Sorry about Mm -hmm. that.
0: No, but it's a, it's, it's a great question, Mitch. Thanks. i love look at that. My dog's coming to, to have a cameo. Um, yeah, Matt, um, can you give us a preview of what we're going to be uh, talking about next week?
1: Well, I hope so. Uh, unless we get to the teaching team meeting and you blokes tell me I've got to do it all di- differently. But uh, uh, the I think what we're hoping to do is to introduce the what it just begin the, to introduce the what I, I reckon are four parts of the journey of facing the civil war and to and to grow on. um introducing what it means to create the space just to to listen to yourself and recognize what's going on and and make different choices and actually act from those different choices well so let's see if we can unpack that but uh, we want to talk about what does it actually mean to follow Jesus and, and see if we can talk about, okay, how do you, how do you actually do that? Uh, and then we'll uh, spend the, the next week's after that sort of unpacking that and talking about how, and then after that, we'll be hopefully talking about, so how do we be a church that helps that happen? Um, but yeah, so hopefully next week, we're introducing the this coming Sunday. We'll be talking about uh, what does it mean? to To take this stuff seriously and what kind of things do you need to build into your life and expect yourself to have to do? What are the disciplines uh, to to become the kind of person that is able to have these conversations with your mates about what freedom looks like uh, and and actually have that kind of conversation from a place of integrity and not a place of guilt and, you know, feeling like I should have all the answers but I don't and that sort of stuff. So anyway, that's that's kind of the... That's what I'm hoping be done. we'll be doing.
0: Well, yeah, thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the Next Steps podcast. Um, you can uh, find this on YouTube or on your podcast app of choice. Please send us your questions. We really want your questions. And, um, yeah, please uh, share the podcast if, there's, if you've enjoyed it. We'd love that.
3: And um, thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll see you next week.